Good morning, Tommy McFly. Welcome on VH Berries. Thanks for having me. This is great. I'm so happy you reached out. You have navigated a lot in these last few years, a bit like a sailor. I wonder how is the ocean right now? It's, um, it's calm and deep, I guess. Maybe a little choppy and deep. I love that metaphor. Um, you know, my uh, career had always been in radio. I started when I was 15 years old as a broadcaster in my hometown of Scranton, Pennsylvania, where Joe Biden's from, and also the office, maybe, well, the American office. Um, and I started out as the mascot. I wore the frog suit. The station was called Froggy 101. I was Mr. Froggy. I was like low-budget Disney World. And from there, um, I had this incredible journey of coming to Washington, D.C. and producing a show and hosting an evening show and then getting my own morning show at the age of 24, which was incredible to work for CBS Broadcast Company um, at the age of 24, hosting a morning show in Washington. Awesome, awesome opportunity. And then uh, that all changed in 2018 due to some corporate restructuring. And my co-host Kelly and I decided to become entrepreneurs. She had been an entrepreneur and I have always had that entrepreneurial bug. And so... Um, when we heard in 2018 from our audience that they wanted our show to keep going, we found a way to do that by building a broadcast app that I know you checked out. So thank you. The Real Fun DC app. Um, it's got an Alexa skill. You can say Alexa, launch Real Fun DC. And also we have our YouTube channel over um, on Real Fun DC to check out the video version of some of our shows. But we have been doing that for about a year and everything was looking great. 2020 was looking awesome. We um, had a lot of partnerships and a lot of audience and a lot of sponsors in the, get this, restaurants, live concerts, and community gathering space. So as you can imagine, 2020 got a little weird for us as it did for so many people. And we were blessed to still have our health and to still have um, each other and our audience. And so we've weathered through the pandemic the best we could. And we're excited about whatever the reopening of Washington and of America and of the world looks like on the other side of this thing. Exactly, because your work is around a couple different avenues. In fact, you are no longer a sailor because with Kelly Collis, as you mentioned, you are the captain of a ship called Real Fun DC. I guess so, co-captain, depending on the day. She, But I will tell you, we are also very much like swabbing the poop deck and very much sailors because as an entrepreneur, you do everything all the time. Um, and it's great that I have a partner like her in this because we're very different people. Like I'm, she's more operations and analytical and frankly smarter than me. And I'm, you know, more woo-woo and creative and we come together and we like take the average of the two of us. So with Kelly Collis, how did you meet each other's? <laughs> uh, so she was my smart-ass neighbor who lived down the street from me, um, as a matter of fact. So I had been on the radio my whole life, and I was uh, 22, lived in D.C., was like the nighttime radio DJ, and um, she was running a blog and a lifestyle website. And we were introduced by two friends, and basically she lived in D.C. her whole life. And she's like, who's this punk kid who thinks, like, he can teach me something? And I was like, who's this lady with this website who thinks we're going to be friends? And we became, like, instant best friends. Our first lunch was, like, four hours. We just talked about all of the world's things and how we could collaborate. And then... She was also a mom with two young kids. She was going through a really awful divorce. And we learned that we actually lived like on the same block. And so we would hang out all the time, became really fast friends. And when 
I got the opportunity to start a morning show uh, for CBS, they asked, you know, who do you want to, what radio person do you want to do your morning show with? And I was like, I'd really love to do it with my, like, smart-ass neighbor who lives down the, down the street from me. And they were like, cool, what stations has she been on? And I was like, none. What could go wrong? And uh, we started off on this adventure and this journey. And over the last decade, we've gotten to where we are now, mostly because of our chemistry and our work ethic and our friendship. And in the past, Tommy McFly, you used to wake up very, very early around 5 a.m., which is not really the case because with Kelly Collis, um, you are having a show every morning that is around 9 a.m. Yes. So we used to get up at like 3.34 in the morning and drive to the radio station, be live on the radio at 5 a.m. Um, now we're live at 8 East Coast time on our app and on Alexa. Um, but we still get up. I get up at like six now because we have to still, with the show being a video product, now that there, now there's this whole other level of having to find video B-roll and audio clips and sound clips and, you know, we produce and edit our own packages and that sort of thing. So we're, we're, we're live later, but we're also still kind of working the same amount of time. Although now with us being separated and working from our own homes, my commute is across the kitchen versus, you know, up to her house. Because our studio, our state-of-the-art studio we built is actually in her basement. It used to be like where she had the kids' Halloween costumes and storage and some wine and stuff. <laughs> Which leads me to another point, because there are two projects uh, that I would like to put in parallels. There is your former uh, career as a very traditional radio host, as you said, since you were uh, 15 years old. And on the other side, there is this very modern app that you build. Yes, and they're, um, they're very different. I learned a lot of stuff foundationally, being a local broadcaster, being on terrestrial radio. Um, but now in the entrepreneurial space, it's, it's great. Be well, it's a double-edged sword because we're like, we can do whatever we want. And then also we're like, holy crap, we can do whatever we want. Like, no one's here to tell us what to do. What do we do? And so we are sort of figuring out that balance. Um, but being entrepreneurial and being able to come up with creative ideas and actually implement them is awesome. Because when you're working for a huge corporation, there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen and a lot of ideas, really good ideas get killed in committee before they ever get a chance to to flourish. And so I think that's really great. And also we're able to be really agile. You know, we're able to get a TikTok or we're able to start a text program to keep in touch with our audience, keep in touch with our with our peeps, where that would have taken months to get approved at a corporate radio station for a giant corporation. And on the same side, our advertisers and our sponsors that we work for were able to come up with really creative ideas that also can be totally customizable and they're not just the generic, you know, advertising packages that are being sold. So it is really cool because every day is a blank canvas. But that's also terrifying. If I understood correctly, Tommy McFly, you mean that uh, by being an entrepreneur, of course, you have more uh, b the business size uh, to uh, manage. But on the other hand, you don't need to ask the permission to anyone uh, because you can create things really quick without asking anyone. Precisely. Absolutely. So that's, that's really freeing and really liberating. And at the same time, you're like, wow, I could do anything. Now what? <laughs> so that's a beautiful transition, but a transition that took a lot of times. 
It really did. And um, it's something I've wanted to do for my my whole like working career was to be an entrepreneur. And in that, um, there's a lot of high highs and a lot of low lows. And there's a lot of need to, you know, really practice self care and to take care of yourself and your own mental wellness and all of that stuff that goes into it. Because, you know, in a business that you're starting on your own, it, you know, Kelly and I, we're very supportive, had a lot of support from our husbands and family and friends and that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, it's the two of you against the world on this business front. And so that could be really lonely at times. So you got to be, be sure to be checking in with yourself and, and your, your partner, your business partner. And by the way, concerning a very small detail, why are there uh, dots uh, between each words, you know, um, real.fun.dc? Um, so uh, that was intentional because they're all, they all are standalone statements and they all work together, right? So the, the things that we produce, the shows that we have on our channel, and by the way, we have some awesome other shows besides Tommy and Kelly on our channel, which is really cool to have local voices in the nation's capital, um, you know, supported and, and showcased like that. But I think of us as being very real. I think of us being very fun and I think of us being very DC centric, and so those things all go together or those things can also be very separate too at times, depending on what we're talking about or the topics we're covering. Absolutely, because if we focus on your Washington DC career and on your YouTube channel, we can see that you've been to every single promotion event asking uh, and discussing with every personality. This is such a very inspiring uh, example. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, there have been some interesting, it's funny, people don't think of Washington, D.C. as a very, like, celebrity town. But it really is, because, first of all, there's a huge block of voting members when it comes to awards that live in the D.C. area. D.C. actually produces a ton of movies and television and all of that that are, I mean, you take out the news and, like, the political and, like, the national news broadcasts that happen here, just take that out completely, a lot of television and movies get produced here. Like Wonder Woman 1984 was produced here. Um, a lot of it. You know, you've got from Angelina Jolie movies to House of Cards to everything in between, uh, happened in and around DC. And so there's a lot of, there's a lot of interest also too from the nation and the world on our city. So we have a lot of red carpet premieres. We also have a lot of celebrities who come to town for different advocacy issues. Maybe they're talking to members of Congress about topics that are important to them, about topics that tie into um, a film or a project they're making. So DC actually has a lot of celebrities who make their way through, which lends itself to having a lot of red carpets. I'm sure it was part of your plan. Very smart move to me, uh, McFly. It, act it actually wasn't. It was something that I was like, oh, okay. I guess, guess this happens around here in DC. And you got to like remember, I, I moved to DC in 2006. And DC in 2006 and DC in 2021 are very, very different places. Um, it was the end of the George W. Bush administration. There was like four steakhouses here. And in the meantime, DC has become this incredible food town, this incredible tech town, this incredible um, entrepreneurial town, this vibrant town that, that finally supports and finally recognizes the voices and the perspectives of the people who have lived here for generations, soon to be the 51st state. And um, I really feel like now DC is having this coming into its own. We have a lot of development on the waterfront, the Potomac and the Anacostia rivers we've never had before. There's just a lot of great things happening here. 
Um, so I lucked into it. I when I moved to 2006 DC, and 20 year old Tommy, who came from Scranton, were not expecting any of this to be happening. And I have to admit that you forgot to say one thing. This is also uh, the Easter egg town. <laughs> yes, it is the Easter egg roll town. Um, this was an incredible opportunity. Uh, during the Obama administration, I, I received um, an invitation from First Lady Michelle Obama to be the first ever MC of the White House Easter egg roll in American history. The White House Easter egg roll has been going on for decades, and it actually started... Um, I believe in the 40s, when kids would go play on the Capitol lawn and they would do an Easter egg roll the day after Easter on the Capitol lawn. And Congress passed a measure to not let them do it anymore. So the president opened the doors and let them on the South Lawn and it became this tradition. But there never been an MC of the program. And when the Obama administration came to town, they also really amped up the celebration and the inclusion for all that was the Easter egg roll. They uh, had the same company that produces Lollapalooza produce the Easter egg roll. There was a main stage where everyone from the Glee cast, and you got to remember this was like 2009, so Glee was huge, Justin Bieber and Fergie and, oh my gosh, everyone from Ariana Grande when she was on the Disney Channel to the Muppets to like everyone um, performed on this live big music stage that was like a kitty music festival and then you had an, a reading stage where you'd have like robin roberts come and read books and elmo would read books and um john lithgow came one year and olympians and like all of these incredible people would come and do story time and you had professional athletes from all teams uh from all leagues from all around the country would have like a let's move one of michelle obama's um first lady of michelle obama's uh initiatives was the let's move campaign to get kids moving and get them exercising and making healthy choices and so you had these professional athletes like ryan zimmerman and danica patrick who were like helping kids like hit the obstacle course and then there was um, there was a food stage where Rachel Ray and Jose Andres and Guy Fieri were like cooking food and like doing healthy food demos near Michelle Obama's uh, vegetable garden. So when you have all this stuff going on, uh, I was brought in to be an MC to help a parents navigate the day and also to add some fun and to help people understand um, which way to be looking and, and what opportunities there were to experience the South Lawn of the White House when nearly 40,000 people throughout the day would make their way through in uh, time-ticketed windows. It was unbelievably cool. And about the diversity and inclusion that you just mentioned, I quote, if you have a microphone and you don't, you're not using it to benefit the community, you don't deserve to have it. <laughs> uh, yes, I believe that. And I, I learned that in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Um, the first guy that I worked with, Doc Medic, was the morning show host. And I mean, I'm like a 15-year-old, 16-year-old punk kid. And he taught me that if you're a broadcaster and you have the opportunity, you need to serve the community and you need to do it relentlessly and you need to do it for the right reasons. And I will never forget that. And that so shaped how I approach everything I do. Um that it's something that I feel very strongly about that anybody, even if you're an Instagram influencer with a bunch of followers, if you're just taking half naked selfies of yourself, you're not serving the community. So figure out how you can help. I feel like everybody needs to find a way to help. Um, and then when I came to DC, the host that I worked for on this morning show, I was a producer, did not believe in that at all. Like he was the antithesis of that. And I learned the difference and I learned when you're not doing that and when you're not standing up for the community for good, how bad that really is. 
and Tommy McFly to come back to the Easter egg events. If we do some math, uh, you served as, as you said, the first person in US history to be the MC of the event during uh, six years. But uh, the Obama presidential terms lasted eight years. So what happened? So the first two years, they didn't have an MC. And so I guess after the first two years, they were like, come on in. Uh, so I, I was the MC from 2011 all the way through uh, 2016. And if I understood correctly, your role was basically to make the opening a stage speech and to uh, follow every single event that happened every day. Basically, throughout the uh, throughout the day of the White House Easter egg roll, it always happens the Monday after Easter Sunday. And I would start like at four in the morning and we'd be there until probably eight at night. And I was bouncing around from different stages. So I would introduce a music act and then I would run up to the story time stage and I would introduce Robin Roberts. And then I would run over to the uh, music, to the sports area. And I would say like, and coming up, we've got this. And I run over to the kitchen stage and I was, I was on the move all day long over different loud PA systems, explaining to people what they were experiencing and, and what was going on throughout the day. And then at least once throughout the day, which I'm sure, which is the video you see around the world, is when the first family comes out and does the official Easter egg. So when President Obama and First Lady Michelle Obama and Sasha and Malia um, would come out and have that remark from from the South Portico of the White House, where they would speak and then come down and do um, and do the traditional Easter egg roll. And then the very final year, uh, First Lady Michelle Obama wanted to do a student fun run. So I got to be up on the stairs at the White House announcing the First Lady and like 200 kids do a fun run around the South Lawn, which was the craziest thing. And it's it's this really amazing view that when you stand up on the White House, um, if you'd see it, if you'd ever seen like when the president lands on Air on Marine One in the backyard in the helicopter, um, the, they'll like walk out from like a almost like a tunnel Up above that is a balcony, and I got to stand on that balcony and call out this race when the first lady was running with kids. It was the most unbelievable experience because then when you look over the South Lawn, you see the Washington Monument and you see the Jefferson Memorial, and you're just like, what is happening right now? It was the craziest, craziest experience. In addition to being on the balcony, you also ate a lot of chocolates. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so many chocolates. Oh, as long as we're talking about the White House Easter egg roll, hang on, I want to show you in my room, actually, on my shelves, let me go get this, is the Easter eggs from the Easter egg roll. Hang on. I'm tied into my headphones here. Actually, yeah, I cannot see anything. I'm just watching on my camera. Let's see what he brings. But you will, though. Through the, through the magic of television, you will see this, I promise. So these are the eggs that all the kids got when they came to the White House Easter egg roll. This is one from uh, 2015. It has Bo and Sonny's signature on it. Um, Bo and Sonny Obama were the, the Obamas, well, still are the Obamas' dogs. Um, and this one is from 2015. It's got uh, President Obama and Michelle Obama's signature on the back of it. And then this one is very special. They only make a handful of these. They do a, a round of Exeter Gold. Not really gold, but there's painted gold. Um, and I have this one from 2014 that they gave to all the people who helped on uh, on the initiative and on, on the day. So it's something that I'm very proud of. And 
also in addition to uh, being on a balcony, eat chocolates, having these amazing uh, uh, souvenirs, you also have other awards. And by the way, when I saw your uh, acceptance speech, you made a Facebook live while while talking. Um, for the uh, oh, for the Montgomery County Social Impact Award, that is right back there too. Uh, <laughs> that is the epic award. So Montgomery County is the county in Maryland that's connected um, to the district on the like northwest uh, side of the district, and the county um, gave me a, an incredible award that was for social media impact. Again, like working for the community and doing things for good. But what's really cool about that award, it was hand-blown glass and it was created by a local artist. So it's really, really special. So, Tommy McFly, you are the captain of a huge ship. What are your plans for the future? So we're figuring that out now, to be honest with you, because with the pandemic, people's listening and viewing habits have completely shifted. You know, morning commute and people driving to work is not a thing that's happening right now. And I don't know that it will ever happen again in the way it's happened. And Kelly and I had always been a morning drive show. So when you're a show who does morning drive without a morning drive, things get a little weird. So um, we're, we're really excited to evolve what we do and evolve our show and having other shows on our channel, providing a real like 24-hour content stream for people who live in the nation's capital or frankly want to know about it. You know, DC is a world city. And so I think, I hope, you know, you on the other side of the Atlantic maybe heard something you liked on our channel. That's awesome. And um, we're also really leaning into video production and, and, and video shows. Um, we're figuring that out. You know, I don't think it's going to be a 30-minute, hour-long show every day on video, but we're excited to to continue to evolve with our audience and get new people to to kind of learn about DC through our lens and to hopefully appreciate what we love so much about this city. Of course, I'm going to follow your show very closely. Thank you so much, Tommy McFly. Thank you. <laughs>